What's up, guys? Welcome to the Wins and Losses Podcast, Episode 4. My name is Tyler, and my cousin Chris is joining me again for today's episode. Chris, what's going on, man? What's going man? Just chilling, bro. Dude, not much, man. Just relaxing. What have you been doing? Uh, just watching baseball, watching basketball. Sounds about right. I mean, currently I'm getting ready for school. I'm guessing you're probably doing the same thing. Yeah, I start lifting not this coming Monday, but the Monday after I start my uh, lifting class. So, And then you have a couple English classes, stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you have any blended classes at all? Uh, No. No? So one online, weightlifting? Yeah, my English class is online, and then my weightlifting class is on campus. Gotcha. Yeah, I currently have, like, three blended classes and, like, one online class and, like, one full class. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what to expect. So we'll see yeah. what happens. How's B-Doof? He's good. He's chilling in the background. <laughs> For people who don't know, uh, Chris has a dog named Bear, and he would literally call him B-Doof, which is, like, a Pokemon, and it's actually yeah. the funniest thing ever. Um, he literally looks like it. <laughs> he does. Um so yeah, for today's episode, we're basically talking a lot about the NBA. To start out, let's talk about the uh, NBA bubble. I'll tell you one thing, man. The NBA bubble was a genius idea by Adam Silver. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was a genius idea by Adam Silver, who is easily the best commissioner in sports. I, I don't think it's close. It was a lot of fun to watch. There were a lot of good, uh, interesting teams. Uh, so I'm excited for the playoffs to start. Yeah, I thought some of the games were really exciting. Any game with the Trailblazers in it was amazing for some reason. Yeah. Congrats on Damian Lillard for get, getting the AC and probably going to get bounced out by the Lakers, but... Yeah, yeah, he's going to... Yeah, but, I mean, congrats for getting the NBA bubble MVP. Yeah. Now, question. With him getting the bubble MVP, does that mean he's the second MVP of this year? He, I don't. I wouldn't think so. I mean, he's an eight-game MVP. MVP. I mean, for, yeah. eight, for eight games, so it's like little sample size, not the the crowd noises and the fans watching from home, and that they were put on TV. I thought was a pretty interesting idea. That was different to say the least. I was trying to get uh, on the Sixers games; it didn't work for me, unfortunately. <laughs> so, um, what were some of the like surprising teams that you thought about when you were watching the the bubble games? Dude, Phoenix looked great. Monty Williams did a great job with them. Yeah, Money Williams is a hell of a coach. Uh, I would have never thought the Suns would have been able to go that far. Like they were basically a game behind getting into the AC. They we went eight and zero. No one would have thought if this. the Trailblazers lost, they would have been in the play-in game. Yeah, and the Suns like no one would have ever guessed that they would go eight and zero. So yeah, they kind of like prove not slept. They don't want to feel slept on per se. Yeah. Like, they actually want a good image of them. I feel like that organization is going in the right direction after you watch these eight games. So, for you Suns fans, you should be yeah. really happy going forward. Is there any other teams that surprised you? Maybe not so much a teams, but uh, Karis LeVert is uh, – he's insane. Yeah, he might average 40 in the playoffs. Yeah, he's going to average 40 against the Raptors, and they're going to lose in five or six probably. Yeah. The Trailblazers didn't surprise me, but they did play really well for an eight-game stretch. I don't know what Denver's record was, but I think talent-wise, they looked really good. Yeah, if you look at Bull Bull and, and Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, they were missing uh, two starting players for the whole bubble as well, Gary Harris and uh, uh, Will Barton. Yeah. Which, and I think those guys are coming back for the playoffs. So, What are some disappointing teams? Um... I'm going to start off with saying the Sixers were really disappointing. Yeah. Think about it. We had a new system going in, put Ben Simmons at the four. Four games into the bubble, he gets hurt. He's out for the year. Joel Embiid gets hurt every two seconds. Yeah. Literally, it's like nothing changed. I think uh, the Pelicans are were pretty disappointing. Yes. Considering well, they, they were given the easiest schedule in the bubble – and uh, they still almost lost all eight games. And because of Alvin Gentry managing Zion, he got fired. That's yeah. kind of crazy. Is that all the disappointing teams that you have? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, the Kings are kind of disappointing considering the talent they have. But There were some teams that did try hard, 
like obviously like Portland, basically any team that was trying to get into the playoffs, as yeah. well as I think the Lakers were trying hard to get the one seed. Uh, but then you had teams like the Bucks and the Clippers who hardly tried all year, and they come in. Well, that's not true. They hardly tried during the bubble. So it was just kind of obvious that people were really trying to stay healthy and not so much of trying to win. Yeah. I actually – I disagree with that. I think I think the Clippers were trying in most of those games, except for maybe the last one. How are they trying, but, though? Well, because they could have lost the two seed to the, to the Nuggets going into the bubble. The Nuggets were only, like, two games behind them. So they could have lost that two seed and ended up playing uh, – who's the six seed? They could have ended up playing the Rockets. Well, it wouldn't have been the Rockets now, but – It would have been – it's – yeah, I know what you mean. At the time, it was the Rockets. But they would have ended up playing the Jazz in the first round, and they would play the Nuggets or the Mavericks in the second round. I feel like they were trying in a couple of those games. until until and Basically, until they were guaranteed the two seed, which was, you know, they still had three games left. After that, they weren't really trying. I mean, they also set out guys. Guys were coming back from being out of the bubble. Um, some were going to Magic City. Yeah, going to strip clubs. <laughs> so for the food, I mean, obviously. Obviously just for the food. Obviously. Apparently apparently those wings are insane though. Maybe next time uh I'm in uh South Carolina we hit up uh Magic City in Atlanta. <laughs> just just for the wings, you know? Just for the wings, exactly. Duh. Strictly wings. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, obviously Damian Lillard, as we stated, got the bubble MVP. Monty Williams got a bubble coach of the year. Um, So probably well-deserved. But I guess we can safely say that the NBA bubble was a success. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So So let's move on to our new segment uh, called Ty's Top 5, which is when I break down part of my top five of really just anything we talk about. So this topic is me and Chris's personal top five most hated players in the NBA. So Chris, I want you to go first. Who is at your number five? Number five is I don't I don't really hate him, but Paul George. Why why Paul George? So I just think he's kind of cocky for a guy who's really never really won anything. Okay, I agree. He's, he's a great he's a he's a great player, but I mean, he's never won anything. He's never won an MVP. He's never won, you know, a significant playoff series. I just, I, he, I don't know. He did, he did take LeBron to Game Seven, didn't he? He did, and he lost. Not, not to mention his horrible playoff performances the last, you know, four, four or five years. Yeah. So, uh, especially in elimination games. My, my thing with him is like, when he was like trash talking Damian Lillard for mission two free throws. Yeah. He should have no input on that at all. Oh, yeah, especially because Damian Lillard just sent him home the year before in the playoffs. Yeah. And in a shot that he shot over Paul George, <laughs> and then Paul George, you know, after the game, oh, you know, that's a terrible shot. Damian Lillard proceeds to shoot like 55% from that exact spot this year. It's like he's still salty over that too. Oh, yeah, he's pissed. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. He, he, he called it a bad shot. Damian Lillard now takes that shot regularly and makes it at a high mark. So it's like. See, this is the only case I wish the Clippers got the one seed so we can watch those two play against each other in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, that would be. I don't think it's going to happen this year. but So at my number five spot, I have Jared Dudley. Now here's why, and you know this. <laughs> I know why. Jared Dudley decides when the Sixers play the Nets to just talk as much shit as he possibly can for a guy who averages two points a game, right? <laughs> ben Simmons misses a three, airballs it, or airballs a shot or whatever. Jesus. And uh, I forget Ben Simmons doesn't shoot threes, so I can't say that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so then he, do- he decides to trash talk him and says Ben Simmons not very good. The Nets win game three. So Sixers are up two to one. Still talks trash. We get in a fight for some reason, and then Ben Simmons goes after him, blah, blah, blah. Game four, Ben Simmons puts up 33 on his head without Embiid with the (laughs) dub. Yeah. And I just hate for a guy who's so bad that talks so much smack. That's why he's number five for me. Yeah, my number one player is similar. Okay. Around the same reason. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, so who do you have at number four? Number four, I have Marcus Smart. It's not that I hate him. Again, Paul George, I don't hate. Marcus Smart, I don't hate. There's really only two players on this list that I absolutely cannot stand. These are just more guys that just kind of get on my nerves a little bit. Marcus Smart flops. I've never seen anyone. Maybe the guy at number two on my list flops more, but Marcus Smart talks trash, flopping around, and he's just honestly terrible. Well, he just can't really, like, he's a lot better now than what he was. But even back then when he wasn't very good, he would still just talk as much smack as possible. Yeah, he yeah he, he had a game this year where he hit, like, 12 threes. So. Yeah. Um, I remember he was pushing uh, – he pushed Joel Embiid, and Embiid wasn't even looking at him. Yeah. It was really dumb. But I've seen him getting in, like, many fights as well as – remember when he was at Oklahoma State and he pushed Dude, that, that fight was hilarious. Like, I <laughs> – it's not that I don't hate him because I, I can like him at sometimes, but there are other times where I just think he's way out of line. But now it's like now it's like when he fights, it's now it's like unnecessary. Yeah. At my number four, I've Kyle Lowry for basically the same reason. He flops and complains about every <laughs> single call. It's like, don't get me wrong. He's a great player and all, but I've never seen someone complain and tried to get as many calls as he does. Yeah. And the flopping is just outrageous. At number three, I have Marcus Smart as well. So who do you have at your number three? At number three, I have James Harden. Okay. Uh, I despise watching James Harden play basketball. Going to the free throw line 20 times a game is not impressive or fun in the least bit to watch at all. Uh, especially when, you know, 90 – I wouldn't say 90, but like – I would say like 70% of those free throws he's shooting, he didn't even really get fouled. He initiated the contact and was baiting the refs into calling a foul. But, I mean, you do initiate contact for you to able to get a foul. That's what everyone does. It's just – it's not fun. I mean, you've watched James Harden play against the Sixers. It's not fun to watch. Oh, my God. I hate it. It's horrible. It's not fun to watch at all. It's a little different now. Like, I remember last year it being really bad. This year is like – not as bad. But. No, this year was just as bad during the regular season. Not as bad during the bubble, I don't think. Yeah. Although I haven't really watched much of the Rockets during the bubble. But, like, dude, they're, they're, it's just so annoying to watch. It slows the pace of the game down tremendously. The game drags on for, you know, three and a half, four hours. I, it's just – and it's not fun to watch at all. Well, the Rockets play at a high pace now just because of that small ball lineup. Maybe it's not as unbearable as it was last year. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not fun to watch, James Harden, in my opinion. All right, at number two, I have Kyrie Irving. First off, the world is not flat, so let's get that out of the way. Add that to one of the ten dumbest things I've ever heard come out of his mouth. Number two, he basically wanted the NBA not to move on. He's like the only guy, Yeah. and he wasn't even playing. He wasn't going to play. You don't have to say anything. Yeah. Number, th- number three, you really wanted out of Cleveland. You could have won more championships, and you left because you thought you can run your own team. Instead, you ran the Celtics into the ground, and you're gonna. And when you come back, you're going to run the Nets into the ground with yeah. Katie, which is just not possible. Not only that, I just think he's just kind of a diva, and I just don't like that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I also think he's one of the most overrated players in the league. Yeah, because I just feel like – if he doesn't have the ball in his hands, it's like shit hits the fan. Dude, the Nets this season, after Kyrie, they were terrible with Kyrie. Kyrie got, got injured. Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert literally carried them, and they were actually decent, and now they're in the playoffs because of it. Exactly. Like, if like say the Nets had someone maybe not as good as Kyrie at that point guard spot. Say, like, um, say they had Kyle Lowry even. If they had Kyle Lowry, they would be so much better. Dude, I think if they had this exact team and Kevin Durant was playing, they would be, you know, a top five team in the East. Yeah, but I don't think they would with win. No, with no Kyrie. No Kyrie. This oh, no Kyrie. Team. No Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and this this team that's the playoff team currently. Well, you forget all the other guys that opted out because there's like seven of them. So, put yeah. every, so just add everyone who's healthy. Everyone like, minus Kyrie. Yeah, I okay. think that team's a top five team in the East, possibly top four. Yeah, I agree. I mean, because Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, 
Jared Allen, who's, you know, a great rim protector. And then they have the best scorer in the league in Kevin Durant. It'll be interesting to see if Kevin Durant comes back 100% or just what percentage is he going to be at by the time he gets back? I think I think great players always come back from injuries like that. Kobe tore his Achilles, and then the next season averaged like 27 a game. So, yeah, Kobe tore his Achilles in 2012, the 2012-2013 season. Yeah, he he tore his Achilles in the in the right before the playoffs in 2012-2013. Okay, but he obviously wasn't the same player he was after he tore it. That it also didn't help that he was aging. He missed he missed his 35 year old season almost entirely. He played six games. But like, how many players have actually come back from an Achilles injury and became the same player they were? Dominique Wilkins is really the only one, and even he wasn't, you know, the same player. Maybe Rudy Gay, if you count that. But I feel like those guys were also out of their prime when they tore their Achilles. Like, Kevin Durant's like 30. So I I, I just feel like, you know, Kobe was out of his prime when he tore his Achilles. Uh, Dominique was – I actually don't know how old Dominique was when he tore it, but. So who do you have at your number two spot? Uh, Kyle Lowry. I hate Kyle Lowry. He he flops, and I just think he's not that good. At my number one spot, I have Russell Westbrook. Here's why. The most overrated player I've ever seen in my life. Like, Westbrook fans are, like, die hard. Now, don't get me wrong. I respect his game, and he's definitely, you know, a good player. He is easily one of the worst playoff performers I've ever seen. He always tries to get in fights with everything and everybody. He's gotten in fights with fans. He's gotten in fights with multiple players. And as soon as he gets pushed around, he gets so mad. He doesn't even, like, act tough. He's just kind of a baby at times. I agree with the overrated part. But I just can't stand him, in a sense, because every time I see him play... Like, he plays hard, don't get me wrong, but, man, I just hate the complete, you know, all the arguing and all the other bullshit that carries with him. So do you have your number one spot? Uh, I mean, you already knew this, but uh, Patrick Beverly. I think Patrick Beverly is – he sucks, first of all. He he talks so much shit for an eight-point-per-game score for his career. Like, okay, you're talking shit to KD, LeBron, all these all-time great players, and you're literally – in 10 years, nobody will remember who you are. This is how I knew the first day that you didn't like him. As soon as he was guarding Lonzo Ball when he was a Laker – and he and Patrick Beverly talks so much crap. That's when I knew you just despised him. Oh my dude, this guy. I mean, he sucks. I mean, he's actually bad. He's not bad. He's really he, bad. He's bad. And his excellent defense is mostly hacking and fouling. Okay, I I will agree with that one. I mean, <laughs> like, dude, the the guy just is. He has such a big ego for someone who's just never done anything in his entire career. All right, that's our top five. <laughs> All right, so now let's transition into our NBA awards predictions. As we know, the NBA season was, was first cut short because of the coronavirus. Now they have obviously resumed it. So before that happened, that's how they're going to determine who's going to be the award winners. So let's start off with Coach of the Year. The uh, three finalists were Mike Budenholzer, Billy Donovan, and Nick Nurse. So who do you got as your Coach of the Year, Chris? I went with Nick Nurse, but I think Billy Donovan is also uh, a uh, – fr- I, I think it's Billy Donovan or, or Nick Nurse. I went with Nick Nurse because everyone – I mean, we thought the Raptors would be good, but we didn't think they'd be this good. I mean, they're they're one of the best defensive teams in the NBA – I mean, they're just – they're a great team. Well, he loses Kawhi Leonard. He loses Danny Green. No one would think the Raptors would be a two seed. I had him as a five seed, and that's probably where a lot of other people had him as well. I think I had him around the four or five as well. Yeah, so, so for that, I was going to pick Billy Donovan, but I felt like Nick Nurse has a better shot of winning it. I, I could easily see Billy Donovan winning. Because, I mean, the Thunder were supposed to be terrible. Even though me and you looked at them on paper before the season and we were like, their roster isn't bad. I still didn't pick them to make the playoffs, so. Neither did I, but I I thought they would be the 9 or 10 seed. Like, I didn't think they would be horrible. No. But, they, I mean, they've just been 
amazing. Like some people had them picked to like the worst team in the league, and I'm like, yeah, I know. I can't be right. People had them as a lottery team. I was. Uh... So let's move on to the most improved players. So the three finalists are Bam Adebayo, Luka Doncic, and Brandon Ingram. So who do you have? I went with Brandon Ingram. I wouldn't say it's a personal choice, but I just because I like Brandon Ingram. I just think he's improved so much every year since he's been in the NBA. I mean, I knew from when the time the Lakers drafted him, he was going to be a star. I mean, he's just proven everyone uh, wrong that said he wouldn't be that good, you know? So I picked Luka Doncic. The reason why is he basically put up, you know, all-star numbers last year as a rookie. And this year he's pretty much putting up superstar numbers as well as getting Dallas to, you know, middle of the pack seeded team in the playoffs, which again, people wouldn't think Dallas would make the playoffs, but now with Luca, Luca became a superstar. He's averaging 29, nine and eight. Last year he was the average 21, eight and six for him to not only lead his team to go as far as they've gone, as well as putting up superstar numbers. You know, I have to put him there as the most improved player. The next one we're going to do is the sixth man of the year. So the three finalists is Montrez Harold, Dennis Schroeder, and Lou Williams. Who do you got? I'm going, I'm going with Dennis Schroeder. Uh, I think, I mean, he could be, he's he's literally a starter on any other team in the NBA. He's had a crazy good year and is one of the main reasons the Thunder is are as good as they are. Yeah, well, he basically plays like 28 minutes a game. Going like he'll play the two spot with Chris Paul. He's yeah. I mean, I think he's the best bench player in the league. But then again, like also because Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams are on the same team, that they're each going to take away each other. That, that, that's another thing that went into my thoughts. So, yeah, I, I picked Dennis Schroeder as well. So for the rookie of the year, the finalist for the rookie of the year was John Morant, Kendrick Nunn, and Zion. Who do you I have? Mean, I, went, I went with John Morant. Yeah, I don't understand how people are still picking Zion. John Moran, I after watching him, especially in these bubble games, John Moran is insane. Well, for one, he's consistently been there for the Grizzlies. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he missed any games. Or Zion has not played enough games for him to win the Rookie of the Year. And it's not like John Moran's numbers are even like bad. Like he's averaging eighteen seven and four. Yeah, as a rookie. Yeah, who, who led the Grizzlies almost to a playoff spot. And they were picked to probably be dead last, right? I picked them dead last. Uh, Yeah, I had them as one of the worst teams in the league, yeah. So So. for me, I think that's a no-brainer. Kendrick Nunn had a pretty good year, but I don't think he did. He didn't have as big as – Honestly, I think think if if they didn't lose Jaron Jackson earlier in this bubble, I think they would have made the playoffs. Yeah, I feel like there wouldn't have even – like been a play well there still would have been a playing there game. would have been a playing game but i i think they they would have been it they would have been it yeah i think they would have been the higher seed than portland if that so they would have only had to one one game now let's move on to the defensive player of the year nominees we have Giannis, anthony davis and rudy gobert who do you have as much as i want anthony davis to win it it's going to be Giannis. um he's just so insane defensively who do you I mean, have? There's not much to say. I actually picked Anthony Davis, as crazy as that may sound. Really? Yeah, I picked him just based on the impact he has with the Lakers. I feel like if the Lakers didn't have Anthony Davis, they would not be as good as a defensive team as they are. At least Milwaukee has some guys who are really good defensively on their team. The Lakers yeah. kind of don't. Yeah. So, along with him averaging almost three blocks a game and – I think he's – is he leading the league in blocks or did lead the league in blocks or – He was. Uh, I don't know if he is anymore, but – But just based on impact, I'd have to go with Anthony Davis. Yeah. So, finally, for the MVP award, the finalists are Giannis, James Harden, and LeBron James. Who do you got? I went with LeBron. Uh, I think Giannis had a better season, but I think the narrative – I think – the voters are going to give it to LeBron because of the narrative. LeBron also led the league in assists, which is the first time he's ever done that. While Giannis did have a better season, I think because of the narrative, the media is going to give it to LeBron. And I want LeBron to win it. So there might be a little biases there as well there. Oh, just a little bit of bias. 
but I but, but I do think I I think the media will give it to LeBron. I mean that's not your explanation isn't bad, but I'm gonna pick Giannis. Again, he's had an insane year, and if he's able to win the whole thing this year, he's gonna. This season will go down as one of the greatest individual seasons ever. Seriously, another, I, I, another thing I think is. It's always a debate every year. Is it most valuable player or best season? If we're going most valuable player, it's it's LeBron. I mean, the Lakers aren't even a playoff team without LeBron. But Giannis doesn't really have another superstar with him. Chris Middleton's on a super on a max deal, so that's not what I'm saying though. He's not a superstar player. He's an all not a superstar, but Chris Middleton is a good player. But Anthony Davis is a superstar. But if you look at that Bucks team depth wise, they're still a, a, you know a top team in the East. The Lakers are not a playoff team without LeBron. They're just not. I mean, they they'd be a borderline playoff team, maybe. The Bucks would not be a one seed, and they probably they wouldn't, wouldn't be the one seed. But they, they would, wouldn't they be would. a top four team without Giannis. They'd still be good. But just based on how much of an insane season Giannis is having, plus getting the one seed again. It's kind of hard not to go with them. No, I agree. I just I understand narrative wise, but just based on the season as well as the seeding, as well as just how again, he's able to will his team to win every time. Again, it's voters do it differently every year. Some years they'll give it to the actual most valuable player, and then other years they'll just give it to whoever had the best season. Yeah, I mean, if it's if it usually if it's who's the most valuable player, usually it should always be LeBron. But and James Harden's gonna get left out just based on his team being the fourth seat this year. Yeah, I think this is the best chance LeBron has had to win an MVP, even though you know he should have been winning it. But I think this is the best chance he's had in a couple years. Well, if like the voters were actually like like you said, basing it based on most valuable, he'd have like eight MVPs by now. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, and I and I think I, I the the other reason I said I think it could could go with narrative is I've seen some people like you know on ESPN or like Ramona Shelburne and on Fox like Chris Broussard saying that they voted for LeBron because of the narrative like so I just think I could I could see more people who had votes going that route even though they're not publicly stating that they went that route you know what I mean Yeah. So now let's transition into our NBA playoff predictions. We're going to predict who's going to win and how many games it's going to be. So let's start off with the West. So the first game is the Lakers versus Portland. Who do you got? I got the Lakers in five. Okay, explanation. Portland is, especially in these bubble games, has been great offensively. They play no defense. They have no one to guard LeBron or AD for that matter. Um, Those guys are probably both going to average 30 a game in this series. Uh, so we're not really going to need bench players to score all that much because those guys are just going to dominate. They have no one to guard either of them. Okay, so I have the Lakers in six. I don't think the Lakers have any guards that can guard Portland's guards, but Portland doesn't have anyone who can really guard LeBron or even contain him. I don't know how much Nurkic can do on the perimeter Is he if he's going to match up with Anthony Davis. He's way too slow to guard AD on the perimeter. And I think I don't think LeBron's going to guard CJ or Damian, but I still think he'll, he'll guard Melo at least. I, I think he I think he will guard probably CJ or maybe Damian. Because he, he's going to start at point guard. And I, I've he has been playing – He's this is probably his best defensive season he's had in a really long time, so – Portland just plays no defense, and that's not going to go well when you're playing against LeBron and AD. See, but the, the thing with them that helps in their favor is that their posts are good defenders. It's just their guards aren't very good at defending the perimeter. That's well, what it comes down to. Well, AD is just way too fast and good on the perimeter for any of their big men. Like, he doesn't even have to go in the post. I feel like the only guy who could at least, like, give him a little bit of fits would be Zach Collins. And I don't even and, think well, he too he, much he, with him. He, I think he got injured again. Oh, did he actually? He, he, he left the game uh, early against uh, Memphis. Jeez. I didn't, Portland, didn't see what exactly happened, but he left the game early. If Portland was healthy this whole year, they would be like a three seed. I don't know about a three seed, but they'd be good. They were a three seed last year, and I think they're a better team this year. 
They not, don't even have Trevor Rizzo or Rodney Hood right now. Yeah, I forgot they. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know if they're better than Denver, the Clippers, or the Lakers, though. For the next game, it's the Rockets versus the OKC Thunder. Who do you got? I got a bit of an upset here. I got OKC in seven. Westbrook is not playing. Westbrook is going to miss at least the minimum three games. I think OKC is legit. If Westbrook misses three, if he misses more than three games, they could lose in less than seven. Out of, out of just respect for OK, James Harden and Russell Westbrook, I think OKC goes seven, takes them seven. But if Westbrook's not playing most of the series, they're going to lose. Well, I heard Westbrook is either going to be at one to three games. Yeah, if he misses – well, and it's – it's uh, uh, what is the injury? It's a hamstring, isn't it? Or a quad or something like that? Or, yeah, quad maybe. Those, I mean, those injuries, he could miss one to three, but then he could also miss three to six. You know what I mean? Those, those injuries are – so even if – OKC, I know it doesn't matter in the bubble. OKC is the higher seed, though. Dude, OKC could easily take game one or two. One, I think Westbrook is pretty resilient, so I think he will come back earlier than expected. But is he even going to be 100% when he does come back? Even his 100% is still fast. Not to mention, not to mention, Steven Adams is going to dominate. But but here's my thing. Steven Adams is going to be at a disadvantage because the Rockets Defensive, – defensively, defensively, he will be, but they're not going to have an answer for him offensively. He, I mean, he's going to score. But besides, really- that, besides that, who else – like what other posts could actually do anything against the Rockets? And the Rockets don't even have any posts. I don't know. I just think if Westbrook misses more than two games, they're going to lose. But if the Rockets win one of those games, the Rockets could win early. But I'm going to take the Rockets in seven for my prediction. So the next game is the Nuggets versus the Jazz. Who do you got? I got the Nuggets in six. I think it would be a way better series if uh, the Jazz had Bogdanovich or who was the other guy? Well, now Mike Conley just opted out. Oh, yeah. Mike Conley's out. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I might actually take Denver in five. I had Denver in six. I might take him in five now. Yeah, I'm taking Denver in five just based on the Jazz, you know, losing a bunch of people. Nuggets won't be completely 100%, but just based on talent alone. And then for the final first-round game in the West, we have the Clippers versus Dallas. Who do you got? I got Clippers in six. I think Dallas will win two games, and they won't win another. Yeah, I got the Clippers in six as well. Uh, just based on Chris Stapps, like, Dallas no one can is, guard Porzingis. No one oh, can yeah. guard Porzingis at all. Dallas statistically is like one of the best offensive teams like of all time or something crazy like that. So just off of that alone, but they play like no defense. So they're, I could see them losing in five, but I, I do think all, just because of their offense, they'll, win, they'll lose in six. But see, Luka could really struggle because he's not a, exactly a quick point guard. And he's going to face you know some quick point guards that are like big, coming he's at a, him. He's a, he's a big point guard. So well, they're, they're going to have little guards, little guards trying to guard a big guard. But you so can throw – doesn't have to be fast. No, I think they're going to throw Paul George or Kawhi at him. I don't think, I don't think so, Patrick so Beverly is going to guard him. So then your theory of the little quick guys guarding him is not really. But I'm not little quick guys, but I'm saying they have quicker defensive players. How about that? Because, I mean, Kawhi, PG, Beverly, all faster. It's going to be a tough matchup for Luka, no matter who guards him. Porzingis is going to average 30 just because he can shoot over anyone in the league. I can see Porzingis going off and Luka not playing very well. So let's move on to the East. Or the first series is the Bucks versus the Magic. Uh, I have a sweep. Bucks and four. It's not. Yeah, I don't think there's much to talk about. I got Bucks and four as well. Yeah, it's not so, close. Um, I mean, come on. The Bucks are best team in the East. Yeah. I don't think if the Magic, if there was one through 16, the Magic wouldn't even be in the playoffs. Uh, next one is the Raptors and the Nets. Toronto and five. I think they'll win. I think Brooklyn will win one game just based off Karis LeVert. Jeez. And uh, the, it'll be a gentleman's sweep. Karis LeVert has to have like 50 points one game for them to win. Yeah, they'll win one game because he'll go off and then they'll, they'll lose, you know, four others. Yeah, I agree. I got Raptors in five. So next series we have Boston versus 76ers. Now out of sign of respect for you, I have Boston in seven. 
Oh, that's really generous. I'm not going to lie. I could easily see you guys losing in less than seven. But just for you, I said Boston in seven. You're very nice. I have Boston in six. Yeah. Uh, okay. Ben Simmons is out. Ben Simmons being out is just that's best nothing. defensive guard in the league. Agreed. Yeah, that's that's just a blow. That's tough. Um, be- one of the best playmakers in the league out. That's, I understand. That's... I understand he can't shoot threes, but everything else he does is elite. He's out basically for the year. Embiid is still not a hundred percent. He's never a hundred percent. Embiid could put up thirty, and the Sixers would still lose. Now I will say. Embiid will have kind of an advantage because Boston doesn't have that post that can kind of contain Embiid. Yeah. But Boston's got too many good guards over the Sixers guards. Like, I think Tobias is going to be fine in that series, but guys like Alec Burks, Shake Milton, Josh Richardson, those guys are going to have a handful. And if Al Horford is terrible against his old team, he needs to be traded. Like, I just can't, <laughs> I can't deal with him anymore at this point. Yeah. It's going to go down as a really bad contract. And then for the the other series, we have Miami and Indiana. I have Miami in seven. Okay. I think that'll be probably the best first round matchup. I think Jimmy Butler versus TJ Warren, dude. That's oh, be- I can't wait. I can't wait. I hope TJ Warren puts up forty every game. Nah, bro. It's not gonna happen. I think nah. Jimmy Butler has his number. Jimmy Butler has more playoff experience. It's uh, now. Now, if Indiana had Sabonis. Yeah, I have a way better chance, and I probably would pick them. But Miami's defense is just going to be a handful for Indiana. Plus, I mean, they're one of the best shooting teams in the league. So let's move on to the second round. So you had the Thunder winning that series, right? So you have Lakers and Thunder. Yes. Okay, so who do you have winning that series? I have Lakers and six. Okay. I think I think the Thunder are actually a good team. I just think the Lakers will be too much for them. I feel like Steven Adams, like against AD, is going to be an interesting matchup. He, yeah, yeah. I mean, because AD is going to play nothing but perimeter game during that series, and AD is going to pro- in the playoffs. It will probably be running at the five. So, which, which, like, if you put AD in that five spot and put Kuzma at the four, it's probably your best lineup. Yeah, especially the way Kuzma's been playing in the bubble. I mean, he's averaging like 20 points a game in the bubble. So, I mean, if we get that Kuzma in the playoffs, which I'm hoping we do, it's his first playoffs, so you never know. But Or he shits to bed, one of the two. I don't know. I, I think he's – I've seen noticeable improvements from him in the bubble, defensively and offensively. And then you know Danny, what you're going to get from Danny Green. He's going to be, you know, solid in the playoffs. He hasn't been shooting it well at all. Not recently, but I I think he'll be better in the playoffs. And I think we'll have Rondo by the second round. Actually, I think we're getting Rondo back near the end of the first round because he's already back in the bubble um, rehabbing. So, Gotcha. I think he'll be back in like a week or two. Okay, so I have have the Rockets winning that uh, Rockets OKC series. So I have the Lakers over the Rockets in six. The Lakers' posts are just going to be a handful for the Rockets. And, again, they don't really have anyone who could guard LeBron either. And, again, their guards, it's going to be tough for the Lakers to guard their guards. I just feel like the Lakers have a little bit more. And plus, Russell Westbrook and James Harden are two of the worst playoff performers ever. Uh, So the next series is in the second round is the Clippers versus the Nuggets. Uh, I have the Clippers in six. Okay, I agree. I think the Nuggets – it'll be a great series. That'll be another great, great, great series. I just think uh, the Clippers are way too talented for them. They they don't have anyone on the perimeter, really, that can guard Paul George and Kawhi. Yeah, I agree. Another thing with the Nuggets is I feel like they're too inexperienced. In yeah, they're, they're, they're really young. Like, they're super young. But, like, the Nuggets could be one of those teams in the next few years that could be that could win the whole thing. I just feel like it's not their time now. Yeah, the Clippers' guards will eat their guards up alive, and, and their guards might not even be back by that time. And uh, Jokic could go off that series, but I still think the Clippers will win. Now we have the Bucks versus Miami in the second round. I have a, a, bit, of a, a bit of a shocker here. I'm going Miami in seven. Dude, I think Miami is going to be nice. And I think Giannis, 
Giannis has never really had, you know, he's never been honestly that like dominant in the playoffs, if that makes sense. Like no, I understand that. Like uh like last year he choked in the playoffs. I don't know. I just think I think this year he's gonna have a tough time in the playoffs, and then next year he's probably gonna win finals MVP and they're gonna win it all. <laughs> I I don't know. I just I think I have a feeling, it's a gut feeling that Miami is gonna beat them in seven. Okay, I do not agree. I do have the Bucks winning, but I have them winning in seven games. I think it will be a tough series. Miami's going to throw Jimmy Butler and Bam at Giannis. But, you know, Miami has two starting spots that are pretty unex- uh, inexperienced. Their bench isn't as deep as the Bucks. I feel like the Bucks bench will just go off against Miami's bench. I mean, Miami's bench isn't bad. They got Tyler Hero off the bench. I think Goran Dragic still comes off the bench. I mean, those guys are good players. I understand that, but Bucks have the Bucks have one of the best benches in the league. I understand Giannis struggled in the playoffs last year. I do not think that will be the case this year. I mean, they also have they also have Andre Iguodala off off the bench. Andre Iguodala hasn't done anything this year. Well, he wasn't on a team this year until recently. All right, and then in the next series we have the Raptors versus the Celtics. This is the hardest series to predict in my. I actually, opinion. have Toronto in five. Wow. Yeah, I yeah, I have Toronto in five. <laughs> wow, why? Uh I think the Raptors are just better overall, offensively, defensively. I think the uh the Celtics are gonna have a uh, a tough time guarding Pascal Siakam. Uh they have I think Fred Van Fleet is too fast for any of their guards. Ooh, I don't know about that one. Kemba's pretty fast. I mean, okay, so I'll go Toronto in six then, I guess. But I, yeah, I still think uh, Toronto's just a better team. So, okay, so I actually have the Raptors in seven. I think it's basically the same team as last year, just minus Kawhi Leonard. You have very good defensive players on that team, and I think they're going to give the Celtics guards fits. I think Jason Tatum, as great as he has played, I think he's really overrated, just like the rest of Boston's team. Boston's posts aren't very good. I feel like the Raptors' posts are going to play very well. Guys like Abaka, again, like you said, no one can really guard Pascal Siakam on that team. So, yeah, I got the Raptors in seven. And also, I feel like Nick Nurse will outcoach Brad Stevens. Now, here comes the big one. Now we're going to move on to the conference finals. Clippers versus Lakers. The most anticipated series, if it happens, ever. I have the Lakers in seven. Uh, I think it'll be an amazing series. And if it goes to a game seven, it could go either way. I just think LeBron is going to show up. Everybody's counting LeBron out. I think LeBron is going to show up and get it done. Simple as that. Just simply LeBron. LeBron is going to go off. So, but here's my thing. So I have the Clippers over the Lakers in six. Here's why. LeBron can go off as much as he wants. Doesn't If no one else shows up, it doesn't matter. And if no one else shows up and it's just LeBron, the La- I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but the Lakers would get swept. Now, here's how, I'll, here's how I pick the Clippers. So far as we know during the regular season, the Clippers and the Lakers are, had split both games between each other two and two. The Lakers, I believe, really have only played really good basketball against the Clippers in the third game. In the fourth game, the Lakers won, but Clippers didn't have both – Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell, as well as Patrick Beverly, Landry Shamit, and Zubach didn't play any exhibition games. They had a lot of guys eased into it, and the Lakers still only beat them by two. As And LeBron really hasn't played very good in all four of those games. I, I give him the third game. He played decent. And then, but he, Anthony Davis plays amazing through the first three quarters for the Lakers. But when he gets to the fourth quarter, Anthony Davis has been terrible against the Clippers this year. He only has 10 points in those four games combined. Along with the Lakers not shooting the ball well in the bubble, and I feel like the Clippers haven't tried all year, and they're finally going to turn that switch, I got the Clippers in six. Plus, not only that, but with the veteran coaching and Doc Rivers, I'll pick the Clippers over the Lakers in six. We didn't – I don't really count opening night loss – we didn't have Kuzma or Rondo. The Clippers uh, didn't have Paul George. 
neither team was at full strength, and it was literally the first game of the season. Another thing is you guys aren't going to have Avery Bradley, who had 22 points against you guys and uh, against the Clippers in game three, and he was basically one of the main reasons for you guys winning that game. And he's your best perimeter defender. I feel like that obviously takes a lot away from what the Lakers have. I mean, yeah. I just I think LeBron's going to get it done. But you can't just bet on LeBron. LeBron could still go off. And, but, again, if no one plays well, then what are you going to do? history has told us anything, you can always bet on LeBron. LeBron will always get it done. He's proven that year in and year out. But he hasn't proved that against the Clippers so far this year. He's, he's played them four times. That's not a big enough sample size. He's, he's played good, good one time, and I'm giving it to him off of because he's LeBron. He had 30 points in that game. But... At what, game three? Yes. Okay, so, yeah, he played good one game. I mean, but then there's also Paul George, who's never good in the playoffs. I know. I understand. But I just feel like the Clippers have so much of a deeper team that if one – like if Lou Williams doesn't show up, okay, Montrezl Harrell goes off. The thing is, that third game – if we would have lost that third game, I I would agree with you. It would probably be Clippers and six. But that third game we played against the Clippers told me a lot. Basically, the way we played them in the fourth quarter, we – isolated Lou Williams onto LeBron every possession and made Lou Williams unplayable. He was not able to stay. They took him out of the game because he was so bad defensively. I mean, he they, he could not guard LeBron. And I think that game showed a lot of strategy of how we w- want to play against the Clippers. I mean, they, they didn't play at the end of that game. They didn't play Patrick Beverly or, or Lou Williams because – they, we were switching LeBron onto them every time because we had LeBron playing point guard. Right, but you also have to remember the Clippers have so many bodies that they can throw at LeBron that it's going to be tough for LeBron every single game. It's not like other teams who who like didn't have anyone who could really guard LeBron. This I'm team saying, got like three guys. On the pick and roll, I mean, we, we put a guard in. We put Rondo or Caruso even in. They're, they're being guarded by Lou Williams or Patrick Beverly because those guys – those are the two worst offensive players on our team, right? Those guys are – Lou Williams is guarding one of those guys. LeBron – they set a screen for LeBron. LeBron is now being guarded by Lou Williams. That's either an assist or a bucket every time. Right, but they're not going to do that. They're going to try and do that every single time, but eventually they're going to take out Lou Will and put someone else in. Exactly. But, I mean, in that third game, they were banking on Lou Williams – but here's my point. If they, they if, ended up taking him out too late, and we were already winning. We were up 10 at that point. But here's my thing. The Clippers got too many weapons for them just to lay, you know, roll over. Like, one guy doesn't step up, someone else is going to step up. And Kawhi Leonard shows up every single night. It's not going to matter. Other than Lou Williams and Montrose Harrell off the bench, who else do they have off the bench? Reggie Jackson's been solid for them. Reggie Jackson in the playoffs. Pa- Patrick Patrick Peterson and Jamichael Green making threes. Bro, they're 10 deep. They're 10 deep. The Lakers are 7 to 8 deep. They're not going to play 10 deep in the playoffs. Those guys are not going to play major I, minutes in the playoffs. No, but they're going to play some minutes. They're, those guys are not – Patrick Patterson, Jamichael Green are not playing fourth quarter minute. They're going to play eight minutes a game. But they're not going to play any of those eight minutes in the fourth quarter. The Lakers – are going to play seven to eight guys, and they'll play six guys in the fourth quarter. The Clippers can play eight guys in the fourth quarter. I mean, what else is there to say? The Clippers are the deeper, more well-rounded team. And, I mean, Kawhi, and Kawhi is the only person – I'm not going to count Kevin Durant because he played on a 73-9 and nine team. I, Kawhi Leonard is the only guy who really gave LeBron fits in the playoffs. Okay. So for the next conference finals game, it's the Raptors versus Bucks. Who do you have for that series? I have Raptors versus Heat, actually. Oh, that's right. You, yep, that's right. So, who do you have for that? Uh, I have the Raptors in six. Okay. I I am a believer in the Raptors. I think the Raptors are 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 good. They have championship experience. All those guys were on the the title team last year, and Pascal Siakam is just ten times better than he was last year. I, I think the Raptors are are actually. I'm a believer in the Raptors. Okay, so. Obviously, I picked the Bucks to win their series, but I still have the Raptors beating the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. I swear to God, I have the Raptors will beat them in seven games. And here's why: the Raptors still have a bunch of guys they can throw at Giannis, like OG, uh, Serge Ibaka, Serge Ibaka, OG, uh, Boucher, and if you remember back, and Siakam. 
if you remember, Serge Ibaka is really one of the only players who's ever given Giannis real fits defensively. I mean, yeah, him, Al Horford, those four slash five guys who can move and are physical. Who are quick on their feet, yeah. Yeah, those guys usually give Giannis problems. That, that's another reason I picked Miami. I think Bam Adebayo is gonna, it might give Giannis problems. And who, and what do we know about Eric Bledsoe? Is he going to be ready by then? Will he be 100%? I have no idea. He hasn't even – has he played in the bubble? So we'll see what happens with them. Um, I, I don't know how many of the Bucks guards are – like Chris Middleton's going to obviously have a good series. I don't know if Giannis doesn't show up against the Raptors. Like he, like the Bucks are good enough where if Giannis doesn't have a monster game that they could still be able to win, you know, a couple games. Yeah. But against the Raptors, there's no shot. Also, the Raptors still have more experience than the Bucks, so I'm gonna take the Raptors in seven. All right, for the finals, you have the Raptors versus the Lakers, correct? Yes. So who do you have as the champion? I have Lakers in six. Okay. I think uh, I think that'll be a great series, honestly. But I think I, again, I'm I'm banking on LeBron this year. This is this is like one of the last years I feel like where for the pretty much the rest of LeBron's career where you can bank on him to deliver in the playoffs. And I I think AD is going to be just fine as well. I don't know. AD might AD is going to have some fits if Siakam's going to guard him. And even even if you put OG on. LeBron, like he could still give LeBron problems. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, it goes both ways. I feel like AD would give Pascal Siakam problems defensively. I mean, AD's probably the best defensive four in basketball, other than Giannis. It would be a good series because you got two of the two of the best defensive teams in the NBA. Um, We were like set first or second in defense, and the Raptors were top five. So I have the Clippers versus the Raptors. In the finals, we got Kawhi facing his old team, the Raptors facing Kawhi. It's going to show how good the Raptors are without Kawhi. But Kawhi is just a bit better, and I'm going to put the Clippers over the Raptors in six. The Clippers are still the deeper team. Again, I think they are the best all-around deepest team in the league. I feel like defensively, they're going to be able to lock up their guards. I don't think Kyle Lowry will get away with his flopping like usual. And Patrick Beverly will get under his skin because Kyle Lowry is easily agitated every single game. I don't know. I think those two are going to – if the, those two would go at it. Well, if well if they both get suspended for the finals, that just hurts the Raptors way more. I mean, yeah. So it would be nice to see a fight, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, yeah. And because Kawhi Leonard is such a clutch player, as well as if Paul George does show up, and Montrezl Harrell is able to guard anybody like in that forward position slash center position, and and the Clippers when they go small against the Raptors, it's not going to matter. So I got the Clippers in six. So All you right. got the Lakers, I got the Clippers. I wonder how many people like who's going to pick who in the finals. So with the Lakers winning uh, the finals. Who would you pick as your Finals MVP? I mean, LeBron. I mean, that's you don't, kind of you don't think AD could win Finals MVP? I actually did think about that. I thought I think uh, he has a pretty good shot of it. I'd say out of any of LeBron's teammates in his career that have been in the Finals with LeBron, I think AD has the best shot to win Finals MVP out of any of them. Okay, so um, for the Finals MVP for me for the Clippers, I picked Patrick Beverly. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't pick Patrick Beverly. Beverly. I would literally get off this podcast and <laughs> never come back. <laughs> no, I pick Kawhi Leonard. I mean, come on. I see him being the finals MVP for a, the third team he's played for. He'll go in history as the first player to ever win finals MVP for three different teams. I mean, he's easily been one of the best clutch performers in the past few years. So, yeah, I got Kawhi. Let's talk about some sleeper teams that we could see. Who do you have as your sleeper teams in the playoffs? Well, I mean, obviously, by my picks, uh, I have Denver and Miami, and obviously OKC. I think, dude, I think I think Denver and Clippers is gonna be the is gonna be a tough series. If if the if Denver's guards are healthy in that series, I think that'll be a, an amazing. That could go seven. Because Gary Harris, Will Barton, uh, 
Jamal Murray, Jokic, uh, Paul Millsap, then off the bench they have Plumlee, Michael Porter Jr., Bol Bol. I'm missing another guy. The Clippers would still win, I feel like, if it went seven because of how inexperienced the Nuggets are, but I think the Nuggets are – next year the Nuggets will be legit. I, I think the Nuggets are – they could be a top three most talented team in basketball. And then Miami uh, – I think Miami's going to be good. They, they're they deep as well. Okay, so uh, for my sleeper teams, I have the Thunder as well. Um, I feel like with the experience of CP3, as well as Dennis Schroeder playing really good, Steven Adams, Billy Donovan has done a really good job coaching. Like, they could stomp the, the uh, Rockets, possibly. And they could give the Lakers fits. And you never know with the bubble because – I mean, come on, the Suns went 8-0. and You never know who's going to win in these playoffs. We could be completely wrong on all of this. Dude, it could, be, it, could, it could literally be like an OKC versus Denver Western Conference Finals. I know. Like, what if that happens? It's like, oh, man. Oh, that would be hilarious. So you never know what could happen. At that point, I'd just be laughing. Yeah. So for who do you have as some of your underachiever teams? I think Milwaukee's going to underachieve, obviously. I had Miami beating them, so just based off of that alone, do I think they'll be good? Yes, they're going to be good. But for their for how talented they are, they should be in the finals. And neither of us have them in the finals. That's why I'm saying they're underachieving. Because talent-wise, they should be the best team, and they should be in the finals. By them not being in the finals, I feel like that's underachieving, if that makes sense. No, makes sense. Uh, do you have another team or no? The Jazz but that's just because they're missing a bunch of people. I can't, I yeah, but you can't say Jazz if they're injured. Well, that's not true. That's not true. The Jazz, uh, I don't know. There's, I don't feel like there's – I mean, the Sixers, but they're injured as well. So, like – Well, I actually had the Sixers in there just because my team just pisses me off all the time. But, of course, with injury, even if they weren't injured, they would still underachieve just because we don't know what we're doing out there. I mean, I can't really – yeah, I mean, yeah. I can't say anyone else. Like, I can't say Portland just because they're an eight seed. But if they if Portland lost in five or even, like, got swept, I feel like that would be kind of underachieving. If, if they got swept, not if they lost in five. Yeah, but they're just finally putting everything together, and every, and people are finally that's, – That's what I'm saying. I, I feel like I can't really count them. No. And uh, you, know, you know what? I actually think the Nuggets could underachieve. I know that they are inexperienced, but they have so much talent that you would think they're going to at least get to the second round. But what if they get upset? Yeah, if they lose to the Jazz, that'd be uh, that'd be tough. And like, and like, if they get swept by uh, who do we have? The Clippers versus yeah. the Nuggets in the second round. If yeah. the Clippers sleep sweep the Nuggets in the second oh, round, yeah, that me, would be, to me that's that would, underachieving. Yeah, that's definitely underachieving. All right, so now for our final segment, we're going to do our hot take of the day, and this will be the NBA edition of it. More specifically, the NBA playoff edition of it. What do you have as your hot take? I think the Nuggets could beat the Clippers in the second round. And why do you think that? I think the Nuggets, when healthy, are just as deep and just as talented. I think it just comes down to inexperience. I know I picked the Clippers. That I mean, that was just common sense. But if we're doing hot takes – an actual hot take would be that I think the Nuggets could upset them. Even when healthy, I don't think they're nearly as talented. Uh, you can maybe say as deep uh, if you want to say they can play 9-10 to 10 guys, but even the Clippers 9-10 to 10 guys are still better. What's your hot take? So my hot take is Portland will beat the Lakers in the first round. <laughs> why? <laughs> like Stephen A. likes to say, Why? Oh, that's one. That's a funny one. Here's why. Okay. Like I said previously, the Lakers have no guards that's going to be able to guard Lillard or McCollum. A. B. Nurkic is going to give AD problems. <laughs> C. If the Lakers shoot as bad as they were shooting in the bubble, the Lakers will lose. D. If Anthony Davis doesn't show up in the fourth quarter like he does against good teams, they will lose. And and E. If LeBron does not play well like he's played in the bubble they will lose that is why dude that's laughably bad no it's not it's a hot take you really think it's a not a hot take or you really think it is like a super like 
I mean, that's, I think it can happen. That that's steaming. You just you just name like five ifs, like Correct. you're counting on five ifs happening. If three of the, if two or three of those happen, then it's a wrap. Yeah, but you're saying you're you're at, you're you're banking on those ifs happening. Okay, but you picked them. So I picked them in six games. I picked the Lakers over the Blazers in six games. I picked them in five. So imagine. So imagine two or three of those things I just said happening. I'm banking on none of it happening, and the Lakers still only beating them by six games. I'm just going to say, there's not a single player on that team that can guard LeBron. LeBron will average 40 in that series if he has to. 40? If he has to, he would average 40. He could could put up 40 a game on them if he wanted to. They don't have a single – who's going to guard him? Melo? Melo? Okay, like, LeBron has, hasn't played good in the bubble. What do you expect? LeBron hasn't tried in the bubble. We tried in three games to get the one seed, and then we didn't try the rest of the bubble games. Bro, you guys have tried all year. What do you mean? We literally – I'm telling – yeah, we tried during the regular season to get the one seed. We played three games hard. Got the one seed, didn't try the rest of the five games. And you're not going to have home court advantage either. No yeah. one has home court advantage. That just makes uh, a completely no, no, different no. element. No, I agree. That that's tough. But it's it's definitely possible. It's not like it's. And not. I also feel like that could be an advantage because we're not playing in Portland, which would be a very tough place to play. Portland is one of the toughest places to play in the NBA. Yeah, but like you said, there's Lakers fans everywhere. That's true. There's no Portland fans in how many Portland? Well, that's not true. There can be Portland fans in LA just solely based on Portland being close to where LA is, somewhat close. I that's why. Say. That's why. I, if if the if the regular season was going on and Lakers had home court advantage, they would beat the Clippers. Because every Clippers home game would be a Lakers home game. If they were playing in Staples, every Clippers home game would be a Laker home game. And and I just want the Clippers to win just because they're the underdog team. As much as see, here's my thing. As much as I want LeBron to win another title, because I am a LeBron fan. You don't want the Lakers to win. I don't want the Lakers to win because I hate Lakers fans. I don't hate you as a Lakers fan because you're actually not delusional. There are some Lakers fans that are absolutely delusional. Like Most people delusional fans are Celtics fans. Celtics fans are out of their freaking mind. But uh, like I remember last year, people were picking the Lakers to be like the third seed, and, and I'm like, how? Wait, hang on. Are we gonna not act like after we got AD? that we didn't get into a huge argument because I said we could be a top three seed in the West and you were like, fuck no. Yeah. Are, because Are, are we going to talk about that? Yeah, because I didn't think the Lakers would try. And you guys tried all year. No, you didn't think we didn't, wouldn't try. You didn't think we would be good. I, I, because <laughs> I didn't think Le- – because I think LeBron would low manage. He didn't low manage at all. Dude, going into the season, you had us at like a six seed. No, I had you as a third seed. Nah, I don't know. I, I thought had you, it was lower. I had, you, than, I had you as a third seed. I feel like it was lower than that. Because I said I said we could be top two, and you like got jumped down my throat about it. Because I thought LeBron would load manage the whole year, and I thought Anthony Davis would at least be hurt a couple times throughout the year, which he still was. Eh, not as he only missed like you know eight or nine games. He didn't miss that many games. But that was my reasoning. Plus, I didn't think your bench was going to be very good. And honestly, and Dwight Howard has, and then Dwight Howard decides to come out and dude, honestly, our bench has, isn't terrible. Our bench is not bad. It's just a matter we have good players on our bench. It's just we have also have inconsistent. By the way, I really like that Dion Waiters pickup. I'm not. I do like Dion Waiters. Inconsistency, dude. He's been good in every bubble game he's played. But again, like regular season games are a lot different than the playoffs. I agree, but. I don't know. Think I, about I like- it. Now think about this. How many players on the Lakers are actually experienced in the playoffs? LeBron, Dwight Howard, Rondo, JaVale McGee, Danny Green. Those are five players, and those five are all going to play major minutes in the playoffs. Probably. I mean, who knows, man? Who knows? I just hope, like, all right, let me say this. This could be the greatest playoffs as a whole ever. Like, it has the potential to be, just based all right. on all the bubble games. Can, can we say something, though? If there's not a certain four teams that win the finals, can we put an asterisk on it? <laughs> Why? Because if the Jazz win the finals, I mean, come on. If the Jazz – what are what the fucking Brooklyn Nets? like? Okay, but now you can't put an asterisk on it because they've played eight games. If they would have just went right into the playoffs, then I would say that. Yeah, I mean, but Karis LeVert averaged 40 a game, and now the Brooklyn Nets are the fi- are in the finals. Like, 
It's it's the Brooklyn Nets versus the fucking Utah Jazz in the finals. Like okay, okay. That- <laughs> if one of them wins, then it, it is what it is. I mean, yeah, but it's like, bro. Everyone's back to playing. Everyone's like on an actual schedule now. Like you can't. No. I mean, usually also there's that two weeks before the playoffs start where you're where you have consistent practices and scrimmages, and they're not having that. They're just starting. The playoffs start literally tomorrow. It's a completely new year. It's just it is what it is, dude. I mean, yeah. So, but hopefully these playoffs are insane. So. Yeah, I, I'm just hoping. Honestly, I don't care who wins. I'm just hoping for a good playoffs. I mean, ideally, we want Lakers Sixers. So yes, if they could have Lakers Sixers in the finals, that'd be amazing. But it's not gonna happen. If if that happened, I would come to your house. I would be at your house. Oh my gosh, we would be throwing hands. We would have to be in separate rooms watching the game. No, you know what? I think I'm mature enough now for me to be mm. able to set them aside. I don't think you are. I, I was good against the Phillies and Lake uh, Phillies and uh, Yankees game. Yeah, that's because you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We we split. What am I gonna do? I, I didn't mean, talk shit. I didn't talk shit. I was pissed at my own team. All right. Well, that is the end of this episode. Thanks, Chris, for joining me today, man. Thanks, man. Uh, follow the podcast on Instagram at the underscore wins and losses underscore podcast, and on Twitter at the wins and losses PC. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I hope to see you guys in the next episode. Peace.